horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for another week here on Winning Ponies. I'm your host, John Engelhart. We hope to bring you a excellent show this evening as I have two exciting guests lined up for you from different parts of the world, actually, hailing from Brazil in this corner, the one and the only Eureka Rosa da Silva. Yes, if you know anything about racing in Canada, you certainly know that name. Uh, Eureka Da Silva just dominated the ranks, certainly at that Woodbine, but just about any place he went. Uh, I mean, he won two Queen's Plates. That's like uh, Canada's Kentucky Derby and uh, Woodbine, uh, seven seasons, five in a row. Now, uh, he did retire about two years ago now, and now he's a life coach for several professional athletes, uh, but... Uh, Boy, his life is one to find out about, and you can in Riding for Freedom. Uh, while he's won some of the world's biggest races, his biggest obstacles to overcome were not in the saddle. Uh, they were in his home and personal life, and he bears all in Riding for Freedom. And again, this time of year, I'd like to kind of update everybody with some of the books that we've reviewed and people we've had on the show and things you might want to think about for a little holiday gift for those that you love. So uh, Eureka Da Silva will be joining us in the first segment. And then in the second segment, that's right, perhaps the most popular guest we've ever had here on Winning Ponies, uh, the one, the only, Ed Meyer. Uh, we're going to kind of look at the overall, you know, Breeders' Cup landscape. Hard to believe it's only two weeks away. Um, and then we're going to go, as you know, when you get uh, the week or two before the Breeders' Cup, it's hard to find graded stakes races. Well, there's actually six over the weekend, uh, starting on Friday, the grade three Sycamore, it's a marathon, a mile and a half on the turf, but the weather's been good in central Kentucky. So look for this one to be probably on a firm course. Uh, also at Keeneland on Saturday, we found the grade two Lexus Raven run and over at Belmont park. Ed and I are going to look at the Hill Prince. This is an interesting race. Uh, all of these races Pretty action-packed, full field, so we're going to find a lot of opportunities, I hope, with Ed's help, to uh, win you some greens to put in your jeans. We'll also look at the uh, races uh, we looked at last week. So that's the lineup for the show, but of course, with all of that varied racing that we're going to be uh, looking at uh, this week, uh, perhaps the easiest way to ferret out some winners is by coming on over to winningponies.com and pulling down what we call the easy win forms. Uh, we've come up with some pretty solid uh, 
payoffs, uh, of course, this week as most. And you can go to winningponies.com and you can check. There's a section on the site where you can see where the picks were and what they paid or if they didn't pay. So uh, we are very transparent about the information we give out to you. Uh, hope you were playing Gulfstream this uh, last week. Earlier today, we had a $1 super five key that paid 1536 and also at Gulfstream, this was a good day today. I hope you pulled down your easy win forms. We had a $1 Super 5 that paid 2287 How's that for some pretty recent news for you? And we'll go all the way back to the day before yesterday at Mountaineer, a 50-cent Super High 5. That returned $2,612. Those are the easy win forms. Where can you get them? You can get them at Winning Ponies. All right. Well, let's take a look at uh, what's going on in national news. And, of course, this is usually the week that uh, farms announce uh, what their stallions will be standing for. Got some new ones that will be coming in, some interesting prices. And uh, some uh, tried and proven stallions that are staying at some pretty hefty stud fees. Well, all right. What's the uh, Bob Baffert report this week? Well, not a big surprise here. The Breeders' Cup is going to require extra scrutiny of Baffert horses. And uh, while I'm sure he was ready for it, I'm sure that his owners of all those top horses he have are very glad to hear that uh, though they're going to have to jump through some more hoops than other trainers and entities that will be racing in the Breeders' Cup, they're going to get it done as long as Bob agrees to uh, look at their uh, – uh, shall we say parameters? So, uh, and included in the extra scrutiny, um, they require that all horses trained by Baffert undergo enhanced out of competition pre and post race testing and other security protocols at his own expense if he wants to race. In the Breeders' Cup, that's just one of them. I mean, in addition uh, to operating under those rules and regulations, uh, they're going to get a whole other set of rules specific uh, to uh, the Baffert horses, obviously looking for prohibitive substance, substances. Though, if you go back over this past year, his substances, while prohibited within so many days of racing, they were all therapeutic treatments. I think that makes a big difference. Uh, in um, the uh, hair shirt that Mr. Baffert has been forced to wear uh, ever since those discoveries. But, hey, rules is rules. I think uh, that uh, it was Byron King. We were talking about Medina Spirit and his derby win or perhaps disqualification. And he says, well, John, I look at it like a three-point shot. He says, you see this beautiful three-point shot and the guy makes it it's good the crowd goes wild and then you go look at the replay and you see that his foot was on the line well it was a great athletic performance but rules is rules his foot was on the line and Baffert's horses 
tested positive, and so he is going to be under scrutiny, but he is going to be able to participate, and I think that's good for everybody. All right. Well, you've heard the name Rooney in sports. It's been uh, a a big part of uh, the National Football League, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, His family has owned that operation since 19. 33. Well, he went on to become a congressman. His name is uh, Tom Rooney, and he's been named to succeed Alex Waldrop as the president and CEO of the NTRA. Now, what's good is uh, he's not coming into this just as the owner of a sports franchise. The Rooney family has been majority owners and operators of National Football League Steelers. I already said that. But they also own Palm Beach Kennel Club in Florida, and they did own Yonkers Raceway in New York until just two years ago. And then you may remember the uh, old racetracks, Green Mountain in Vermont and Liberty Bell in Pennsylvania. They're with us no more, but the Rooney family uh, was behind those tracks. So we wish him uh, best of luck. Obviously, there'll be offices opening up in Washington, D.C., All right, Mario Pino, he crosses the threshold of 7,000. He just uh, scored that yesterday at Presque Isle. Uh, He's 60 years old now. He's ranked number 10 on the all-time list for riding wins. And for his career, uh, he's had over 42,000 mounts. Rode his first winner at Bowie Racetrack in Maryland. Now there are two other active riders, Scoot and Boot. Perry Utes is ahead of him. He's in number six with 7,241 victories. And Edgar Prado, who's still riding, has 7,105. Of course, nobody's ever going to catch Russell Bays, the all-time leader, with 12,842. All right, we're talking about the Breeders' Cup, where some horses are going to fall between the cracks uh, just because they decide maybe this isn't the dance that they want to be taking at this time of year. One of them is Maxfield. You know, he's always been right there. Um, and uh, he's already won a paid entry when he uh, won uh, the the, uh, uh, the Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs back in June. Uh, but doesn't look like they're going to they're going to do that. Instead, they're going to return to Churchill Downs and uh, Maxfield uh, is instead uh, going to uh, go to the Clark, a grade one for trainer Brad Cox. Of course, uh, not too disappointing for his Godolphin stable. Uh, they still have essential quality in Nick's go who could finish one, two in the classic. We will find out. But Maxfield, uh, he's going to take the track less traveled instead of the Breeders' Cup. All right, let's get into some stallion news. There's plenty of it. I'll see how much I can get in. Um, two longtime solid, uh, outstanding stallions, distorted humor, and congrats uh, will not be back at stud at Windstar Farm. Um, let's not forget distorted humor sired a nice horse by the name of funny side. And then, uh, he's 28 and congrats is 21. I could go down their litany of winners, but this show is only an hour long, but nonetheless, two solid, solid horses. Now let's take a look at some other, uh, stallion information. Now, Nick's go, it has been announced when he's retired, uh, he's going to be standing at Taylor made farm and uh we'll see what happens of course his next start is in the six million dollar 
Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, they haven't announced uh, TaylorMade any uh, stud fee, but uh, uh, just you know, he's already earned over $5.5 million, and so we'll find out. Now, not this time does head TaylorMade's uh, stallion roster uh, at 45000 Nick's go again. A lot depends on the classic, what he'll stand for. Uh, and then at 7,500, they've got Instagram and Still Regard and Midnight Storm. And here's a bargain. Uh, Mishwash, if I'm saying that right, only stands for five. Uncle Mo, well, he'll reign atop Ashford's stud fee, standing at $160,000. Uh, that's Besting the Triple Crown winners that are standing there. That's right. American Pharaoh, who stood for 100000 last year, will be 80000 this year. Um, Caravaggio is having a great first season. He goes from 25 to 35. Uh, Champion Classic Empire will go, will stay at 1750 and justify. Stood for 125, will go down to a mere $100,000. So get those mares going to them. At Windstar, we can't throw all of them. They got 18 stallions at Windstar. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Spitestown will stand for 90000 and Constitution at $85,000. And of course, at Three Chimneys, the King of the Hill, Gunrunner. $125,000. So start, uh, you know, checking out that piggy bank because you're going to need it to get to any of those stallions. Uh, we uh, uh, just took a look at a quick look at some races. Matt Schiffman, we mostly talked about the Breeders' Cup last week, but in the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II Challenge Cup at Keeneland with a half a million on the line, it was a Chad Brown exacta. Congratulations to Matt Schiffman. He gave us that pick. It was Shantarista, the Irish bread, running down technical analysis, another Irish bread, both for Chad Brown. Technical analysis has had the lead set the pace, but knocked over the head by Flavian Pratt was Shantasara, if I'm saying that right. Unbelievable on the grass. Chad Brown and Brad Cox got the third spot with burning ambition. And then also at Keeneland, sprinting out of the turf. Sometimes the outside post doesn't hurt. We'll find out this week when we look at a seven furlong race. But the Buffalo Trace, Franklin County, $150,000 grade three to the outside. It was Colby Hernandez. That's right. We talk a lot about Brian. This is his brother. Got the job done on change of control. In the second spot was Ambassador Luna, a 62 to 1 odds runner that led most of the way and did hold on for second over Campanelle, the Wesley Ward trainee that was third, looked like a winner, was just too late to get there. All right, that's a look at the national news and last week's races. Right now, we're going to bring up a very, very interesting and accomplished guest, Eureka Rosa da Silva, the author of Riding for Freedom. We're going to take a quick break. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, a guest that was so good the first time, I had to have him back again, none other than Eureka Da Silva. If you've ever watched any racing in Canada, that is a very familiar name to you. But also, if you've uh, watched uh, races in Macau or Brazil, that name is familiar with you. He's a kind of a champion rider in uh, many different places, but uh, he has lived uh, quite an interesting life from a, a dairy farm in rural Brazil to life north of the border in Canada. Eureka, how are you? Very good, John. Thank you. Thank you. It's a privilege to be with you uh, with you here again. And uh, yeah, all is well. Well, that, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, um, you know, this time of year, we like to go back at some of the authors we've spoke to and kind of remind people about the book that they've published on case they've got friends in racing that want to read something very, very interesting. Of course, uh, this is a book that only took me two sits downs to read because I just could not put it down because, uh, well, for one, a good part of the book, I couldn't believe what you've been through personally but then for the other part of the book it was fantastic to see uh the steps you were willing to take that despite all of your successes in the saddle you had so many uh challenges to pass along the way uh to keep you on course you had uh, a lot of emotional reasons to take you places other than the the winner's circle during your life. So let's go back if we can, because this is all covered in Riding for Freedom. What was it like growing up on a dairy farm in rural Brazil? Um, was um, really, uh, uh, for, for me, being the farm was beautiful. But, uh, you know, I was facing a lot of challenge, right? Uh, especially, um, you know, 
like I never have the love for for my father, and uh, uh, and I have a, such a bad asthma when I was a kid, and then I also need to deal with the religion. Uh, the religion my parents used to go um, was really tough because of um, we could not watch TV, we could not listen music, we could not play any sport, and um, and this was really really hard. And then I, when I start growing up and, and go to the school, and then I said, why my friends can watch TV, I cannot watch TV. Why they can listen music? I can listen music. And so all this thing was was really challenged for myself. And of course, I grew up and you know didn't took me too long. Once I start going to school, very fast I get out from the, the religion. But the problem is uh, we sometimes get out from the religion, but the religion doesn't get away from you, you know. And that uh, took many years, a lot of work, uh, even. Thing happened with my father. It took me a lot of years of men to work to get over, and I I did. I'm happy. I'm a free man, you know. But it took me a lot of work. Well, Eureka, they say there's nothing better for the inside of man than the outside of the horse. Uh, just touch upon your early days of being introduced to racing and what the jockey school uh, down in Brazil is like. I have one thing good, going good for me in my life was, you know, this connection with the horse, the love with the horse. And then I have the opportunity to become a jockey. You know, uh, and then I have the opportunity. I have a very good person who taught me how to uh, to race, be a jockey, and he was like my father. This guy took me under his wings. Uh, his name is Eli Medeiros. And then I, I went uh, when I was 16. I went to a very good school, uh, probably one of the best school that time in the world, as I know, as a jockey, everywhere I've been. Uh, was a very, very good riding school. You know, we stay in the school. We only allowed to go out from the school, sleep outside the school, only on Tuesday. And then all week we do uh, work and um, we watch movies. You know, the teacher explained for us um, uh, how to race uh, because Brazil, um, really what we learn is how to save ground, you know. Very, very important. Try to save as much as you can. Well, uh, now, who would you say, we'll start with Brazil and your early days, and then we're going to move up to Canada. Uh, Who would you say helped you or was most influential in in turning you into the polished rider that you turned out to be? Um, You know, I have a lot of help. You know, along the way, um, I was a, a, a very uh, lucky man because I keep meeting the right people in the right time, you know. Um, but what really helped me was um, I believe I was a good rider until my 30 years old, but I really turned like very good riders after I started doing the mental work. I was very lucky to meet the, the right psychologist, psychologist that worked with me for almost eight years. And, uh, 
and I learned a lot of great things with these guys, you know, um, and how to focus, how to handle the pressure. And there was my turning point uh, because you, you can work so much physically, but really the, the power and the calmness has to be with the mental work. I believe if I didn't do the mental work after my 30 years old, I would probably not even be talking with you here, you know. Well, uh, and again, we won't get into the details because people need to buy Riding for Freedom to to find out all all the demons that not only did you face, but I think in some cases were thrust upon you as a young man. And that the fact that you were strong enough to reach out for therapy says a lot because some people see that as a weakness. But I, when I talk to you, I understand that you feel that it's become one of your best strengths. 100%. Open up. And this is about my book, you know, open up. Maybe someone is, listen, is, is listening now. We talk here. And maybe they, some part of themselves, they don't like about themselves, you know. Uh, you're not alone. I was the guy that one person that I didn't want to be together was with, was with myself. You know, I say this in the book. And, uh, you know, I overcome all everything I have to overcome. And today I can say I love my, myself and, um, and I have a beautiful family. You know, I have a good retirement. I, I have a very successful, uh, Taekwondo school that, that, uh, I, I, I own now. I have my business that I help, uh, people be also successful. And, uh, but through all open up, open up about this because I suffer. I have a lot of weight mentally in my, my shoulder. I have a lot of weight in my shoulder and I have to clean up everything. Now, Eureka, your travels took you from Brazil to Macau and then you made your way to the United States. Uh, What were the connections that got you to Canada? Um, what did was my ex-wife, um, uh, um, as you know, Macau is a small little island that stay in the south of China, in the south of China. And, uh, and, uh, interesting that one, uh, uh, percentage, a small percentage of the population in Macau also speak Portuguese and I speak Portuguese. Anyway, my, my ex-wife, she was, um, uh, Canadian citizen, and um, and I came uh, with her for holiday in Canada, and her brother brought me to the racetrack. And when I saw the racetrack, I just fall in love. I said, "My goodness, this is the place I want to be," you know. And then I fixed the paper, and there where where I start. I start from nothing, zero. Well, you, you certainly went. Uh a long way from zero to the seven-time leading rider at, at, at Woodbine, uh, winning uh, the most prestigious races that Canada had to offer. Now, uh, we, we've been talking off-air a little bit about uh, a person who's a, a friend of both of ours. Uh, now, I, I know him as more of a, a, a fun-loving guy that I always admired when he 
when he rode. And but 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 you you know him as somebody that kind of helped give you a leg up in Canada. And we're talking about uh, the multiple Hall of Fame jockey Sandy Hawley. Man, these guys, these guys, my good friend, and now he's leaving Kentucky. He's living the life with his wife, Quaru, also very sweetheart. And, um, you know, Sandy was a kind of a mentor when, when I need, you know. And I remember the first uh, championship uh, that I was fighting with Patrick Hassan, and I was weighing the lead. You know, our season starts in April and finish in December. And uh, I probably have, like, almost 20 winners in the beginning of the season. I open up. And then around October, like that, I remember I was only five winners. And I was really concerned. Even in the job room, I can hear another guy say, oh, next week, Patrick Hassan will, will pass the silver, you know? And then when I see Sandy Holly came in inside the job room, I just pulled Sandy Holly for Sandy. Man, I need your help. He said, what happened? Really? <laughs> I said, oh, listen. I was way in the lead. Now I only have five winners ahead, and I need your help. I need you watch my videos, and um, and I need to get better. I need if I get a little bit better, I will, I will, um, I will win this championship. And Sandy looked at me and said, "Oh, Eureka, maybe you don't you don't know, but I know." I said, "What is it, Sandy? That you're a very good jockey. I love the way you ride." And you do a lot of exercise. I know that. And, you know, just continue doing what you're doing. What being you here, what, you're going to, what is going to take you uh, to win the championship? Your trainers know, your, your owners know that you're very good. That's why you have so many rides. Man, uh, Cindy never gives me a help of, uh, like, that day of any technique, anything, but I'm telling you, he gives me a lot of confidence. When that words came from his mouth, man, I remember that day I won three races that day. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I won the championship, you know. Uh, yes. That word really, like he said the right words in the right time. That's why I say I'm very blessed. Sandy's uh, one of the amazing person. You, you, you know him. And how can I say I have no words to talk really about him, how good he is, you know, like he's, he's the real deal. He is, he is, and he continues to be a marvelous person. As a matter of fact, I saw him at a fundraiser with Carew uh, down at Keeneland uh, last Saturday. It was great to see him. Um, now, uh, again, we're down to like three minutes, and of course, I want to remind everybody all the time that the name of the book is Riding for Freedom, and they can get it at Amazon and other similar outlets. But a, a, a friend of mine in the Jockeys Guild said, Ask Eureka about the long run charity he was associated with. Well, here's the thing. I am very grateful for uh, for um, all the horses I rode. And uh, I make a commitment with myself. Uh, I think it was around 2010 that I said, you know what? 1% of my, my 1%, like, uh, I'm not going to say how much how much percent was from my salary that all the money I received. But I said, I'm going to take this percentage and I'm going to give to the horses, you know, and that's what I did. I stick with that commitment until the day I retired because um, 
I think we we need we do like the long run does a great job here in Canada. But I think we need to get more people to commit and have more commitment to give a better life for the horses after race. You know they deserve they they are the star of the game. You know, and uh, and unfortunately some horses end up in not in good hands. You know, and we need to try to help these horses as much as we can. Well, that's fantastic. There's such a high-profile jockey like you is involved. A lot of guys get off, tap a horse on the rump, and it's the last time they see or or think about the horse. But uh, that that that's not the case with with, with you, Eureka. Now, uh, in about a minute, can you wrap up what it is uh, you've been doing with your life since retirement from the saddle? I've been uh, working on. I have my taekwondo school. Um, you know, I, I've been busy there. I'll be a lot uh, busy with uh, open up here. And also, I have some athletes that I work with, you know, and help them on the mental work and focus. Um, and I've been training a lot also my speech. I still wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, training uh, my speech. Now I, I'm, I'm on my way to Brazil uh, begin of November. I'm giving the, uh, four speeches in Brazil, and then I'll I'll come back here. I'll have some speech to do to do too. Uh, and that is my life right now. You know, I want to inspire people to work on themselves, uh, open up about their secrets. Uh, you know, life is too short, and sometimes the secrets turn to be a big weight on your shoulder. Well, all I can say is it's such a pleasure uh, hearing your voice, Eureka Da Silva, but reading your words and writing for freedom are inspiring in their own right. But it's also just an amazing trek that you took through life. And it's great that, that you were able to open up your mind, your arms, your attitude to other people and accept their help. And uh, again, everybody, if I haven't said it enough, Riding for Freedom, Eureka Rosa da Silva. Uh, and if, if you've got anybody that loves racing or loves life or perhaps has faced some challenges or is facing some challenges, this book will help you. It's not all about learning how to ride great racehorses from a great race rider. And I was told that the best way perhaps to say goodbye to you from a friend of yours is something you've been known to say so much in your life. And that is good luck to everybody. Thanks, John. And again, thank you for having me. And good luck to everyone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. That was Eureka Da Silva. Riding for Freedom is his book. And trust me, get it. You will not be disappointed. You just heard him. Uh, this guy is full of life and he, he plans on passing along what he's learned during his life to other people. Well, a guy that's been an influence in my life, and I hope I have been in his uh, way uh, some uh, short influence, but nonetheless, our man Ed Meyer is waiting in the wings. So uh, with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break. I'm John Engelhart, and you are listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and now a man who is no stranger to people listening to Winning Ponies. He, for a long time, he was the host of this show. Uh, he has been a uh, uh, in handicapping championships from coast to coast. He's also been an on-air television host. He uh, has hosted uh, many radio shows in the Cincinnati area, and for a couple of years, <laughs> we were in the same corner, punching people out left and right in the handicapping ranks. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Little children love him. Big women love him. I love him. The one, the only, the man I admire. Admire, how are you? I couldn't be any better after an introduction like that. I I feel like there should be an applause sign somewhere. <laughs> I'm clapping in my heart, Ed. I'm clapping in my oh, heart. Oh, I can hear it. I, I could. Hey, I got to give you kudos. That was a super interesting first guest. That's tough to follow, there, buddy. Oh man, he is something else. Oh, when you read about and I'll, I'll the library card's limited, but I might let you borrow this one, Ed. Uh, All right. right. When you read about his background, you're going to say, "How did this guy even live long enough to ride?" I mean, it was a rough go as a young child for this guy. But Eureka de Silva was our first guest. But Ed Meyer, you are our our, our new guest. I, I I know you've only got one head, but over the years, you've worn a lot of hats. I touched on just a few of the jobs you had. I didn't go on to Kentucky racing official, track announcer, odds maker, working in racing secretary's offices, and I won't even go into all the personal titles I know you hold. But uh, none, nonetheless, uh, you, you bring a very varied background to the show, and uh, also to your different jobs, it's kind of like... Uh, you, I caught you in a little hiatus here. You're, you're going to be going from your job in Ohio to your, to your uh, job in Kentucky, but I got you right in between things. Oh, I'm, you know, the, the, the break is welcome, but I really miss the races, John, especially on a day like today. Now, this is one that's kind of near and dear to our heart because for a long time we've worked together with Perry Utes. 
Now, Parrot Youth was battling with a jockey by the name of Mario Pino. Yes. And Mario Pino notched his 7,000th win, John, and he's yeah. retiring. Oh, I mean, I didn't, it didn't say in this article he was retiring. He is? Yes, yes. It's in the Blood Horse. It is in the Blood Horse. And actually, the picture there behind him is Belterra Park at 1.11 p.m. Byron King had put that out there and uh, that he would retire to riding at Prescott Downs today where he had seven mounts, a win and a second, and I believe a third. But, wow, I mean, what a storied career. 60-year-old rider. And when you read the article, it's just stupendous. It really grabs you. And it really plays uh, in our hardcore because Perry Utes and Mario were kind of battling numbers there for a while. And... I read a, just a brief comment from Perry, a man, a few words, you know, welcoming uh, Mario to the 7,000 win club. Perry's got 7,241. Mario, is that 7,001 now or is that 7,000? Either which way, what a career. And just being away from the races, you know, kind of takes it away. But, yeah, you know, I, I kind of welcome a week or so. I got to go to Keeneland yesterday, but uh, I'm, I'm ready to go back to work. There you go. I'm going to put you back to work. But, uh, yeah, I remember when Mario <laughs> Pino came down to your neck of the woods there at Belterra Park, and uh, we got shots of him and Perry together in the wind circle. That was kind of cool, you know. And now he's in the 7,000 club. But, you know, of course, there's always like, uh, you know, the, the rumor was he's going to outride uh, Scoot and Boot Perry Utes. But uh, looks like uh, Perry's still uh, riding high in the saddle. And, uh uh, Mario's going to going to head to the sidelines, but great careers for both of them for sure. And uh, luckily, yeah. you've got up close and personal with with Mister Oots there for the better part of your life. Hell, you started betting him back when you were playing horses at Latonia Racecourse. <laughs> exactly, and and then when I had the the greatest, I, I'll tell you what, the greatest opportunity to work in racing was not at some of the bigger marquee tracks, but it was at River Downs. Now I met this little Irish gentleman that it was full of wisdom and a lot of fun, and we handicapped together, had radio shows together, and it was you, John, and I'll tell you back, I, I look back at my times at River Downs, watching Perry Utes, you know, our, our day-to-day adventures there, every day was like a, like a day of Brigadoon, it just appeared, and this magical place along the river, and I, I really... I look back on those really fondly, and uh, you know. And plus, I learned more. More, most importantly, I learned more about the game of marketing, racing, handicapping, working with the public by working with you. And together, you know, I think we made a pretty good team. You know, it was it was kind of like a you know locker room at times, uh, but then that goes along with having two alpha dogs in the same room. So you know, I, I kind of you know I kind of liked it. It was. It's near and dear to my heart. You're going to bring tears to my eyes. But, you know, what? just mentioned Perry, it takes me back to River Downs. But now Belterra Park, which is a, a wonderful facility in its own right, and I'm lucky enough to get to call the races there and set the odds and uh, tip sheets occasionally. We pop them out there and, and have a whole lot of fun, handicapping seminars, you name it. Hey, if it's racing, it's, up, it's in my corner. Well, they keep you busy whether you're in Ohio or Kentucky, what I've seen. But you've got a great passion for the sport, and that's uh, one of the reasons, uh, A, I love having you on the airways, but B, I love having you as a friend. 
Well, thank you very much, and uh, both mean a whole lot, and especially the latter. But, hey, before we start weeping here and uh, weeping in our tea, brother, uh, <laughs> I say we, uh, I say, let's say you would tell me, pick your head up and get back to work. One would think that John was more the uh, the emotional certain. Now, he's the one who kicked me in the butt and made me get on it. But uh, let's hook it up, man. Let, let's, let's just throw down and let's do some, let's do some races. You ready? All right, let's start with a marathon. I want to remind everybody there's graded stakes action on a Friday at Keeneland. And uh, they do race through the 30th, by the way. Um, but uh, tomorrow it's the Grade 3 Sycamore, $150,000. Again, this is a niche race. It's, it's a mile and a half. So you got to find guys that have been there. And I think this is going to be a really fun race just to watch Ed, because this is a case, and I've heard you say this over your microphone many times. Two Emmys is playing catch me if you can, and they couldn't catch James Graham and two Emmys in what I will call the Arlington Million. Go ahead and sue me since nobody runs the place anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was called the Mr. D, and they held on. They set all the pace at 27 to 1, and Jimmy held on by a neck. But that was a mile and a quarter, Ed. At Keeneland tomorrow, he's going to be asked to go a mile and a half. So what I got to find out is who will be nipping at his heels, who might keep him company, and who's going to be there at the wire when they get there. I only got two check marks. I probably could have five. So with these races, Ed, as usual, I'll set the table, and then you tell me where I have the forks on the wrong side of the plate, okay? So I <laughs> I see two Emmys uh, going out there and winging it. God bless them if they can go a mile and a half. But I, I think that, that Glynn County then kind of stayed near the pace. And then Rise, the guy who was doing very well going long distances on the turf, decided to go on the main track for five consecutive races, is back on the turf, uh, trained by Ian Wilkes. Uh, he's back with his regular rider, Chris Landeros, and uh, is currently sitting at 8-1. to one. Those are two of the ones I'd look as threats, but right now I'm putting it on you. Remember, we've got the Sycamore and two more to go, my friend. Beauty. You notice you use the word Jimmy as in James Graham. That's because you guys go back a long way. James Graham cut his teeth on the turf at River Downs and was good friends with one Mr. Englehart. Uh, we'll just say more than a few years ago when he was a, a sprite young lad. But, John, coming from the 12-hole with a speed Anybody on the inside of you is going to press you, which led me to another outside runner who's going to possibly just shuffle right over. That is the 11 Kentucky Ghost, 8-1, yes. to Rafael Bayron. I really like the way the son of Ghost Zapper sits, John. And I think it's going to be the benefactor of it's going to be a cool and clear, almost like a European afternoon. And this is this is race eight of ten that day. I think Kentucky Ghost is going to be able to pick them up and lay them down. I think they're still going to be a little cut in the ground, as our uh, Euro friends would say. I, I would see that it's going to be nice and it is still say firm, but there's plenty of it's a lush, perfect course at Keeneland. Last time out, already had a trip over the track, was a beaten favorite got beat a 
sturdy neck, and this son of Gosapper is going to come rocking and rolling. I don't look for a blistering pace here. I think Jimmy Graham's going to grab the lead and dictate yeah. all the way. It's just if Rafael Bejarano can get the trip and save a little ground, Kentucky goes lock it up for me, buddy. Eight to one. Yes, and I, the name of the race is eluding me, but he teamed up with trainer Victoria Oliver about a week ago, and they won a graded stakes race at Keeneland. So, the, uh, oh, the, that was Kentucky Downs. I was thinking of the TVG. But, uh, I, you know, Victoria Oliver, it seems like uh, she's been in the game a long time, and every time she has a turf horse, I, I just, for some reason, I really draw – it's a mental note. And, I mean, it only goes back to years of handicapping and kind of following along. Take a look. Take, take a look what we got here. Take a look at the breeding. Go a little deeper. But I think I, I, think I kind of found the runner that is going to set for me. I think you, you perfectly set the table. And you have to give kudos to the one as well with Tyler Gaffleyon, who's winning 28% of the time for trainer Mike Maker. He has a, he's one for one over Keeneland, John, and can also lay off the pace. And uh, Tyler G is red hot on fire. He, he's he's hotter than uh, Red State Barbecue down there right now, and I think Glen County is actually going to come rock and rolling. But I'm I'm leaning towards Kentucky goes the price in one Mr. Rafael Bejarano. Eight to one. We're talking with handicapper today, Ed Meyer. Now let's stay at Keeneland for Saturday. We've got another big field set to go to post in the seven furlong love that distance the lexus raven run again i don't have any huge stars on anybody but what i did notice i went back and i looked at the, the class of this race because you got a lot of light, lightly race horse in here on the outside obligatory i do believe is the only is one of two grade two winners and certainly has the class as his last five races were all in grade one or grade twos so i like obligatory off the class then the other grade two winner is kind of an interesting horse at eight to one again your boy tyler gaffleon will be in the saddle for scylla and uh, the other horse, strictly off the class edge, uh, seems to settle for second a lot, but is a grade three winner, and that's super sensational. Those are the three that rose to the top for me, Ed. Tell me who I missed, or if you totally agree and I finally found something. I, I'll tell you what, you, you find more, uh, you find more uh, gold coins than, than not. And I think, for me... And this is uh, this is a tip of the cap to where your first guest rode. I'm going to go with the 11 Miss Speedy shipping in from Woodbine, and an angle for me, John. Synthetic to turf or synthetic to dirt, two different animals here. But once you come back, you really come back legged up and ready. And I, I don't know if it's just a deeper, more kinder surface. Actually, I read a great story in the Pollock Report where Mark Cassie, the trainer of Miss Speedy, was actually talking about the kindness of the surface. Won $125,000 Duchess stakes up there and drew away. It was seven furlongs. The three-quarter time, 108-3. and three. I think this is the kind of filly by Super Speedy who can lay just off the pace. B.J. Hernandez, quite a range in his own right, riding for Mark Cassie. Cassie would not bring this horse, would not bring this filly. In fact, if she were not ready, would not make the trip coming down from Woodbine for nothing. I like Miss Speedy at 6-1, but all due respect to the runners that you touch on, especially the outside horse obligatory. 
Well, uh, Miss Speedy will be ridden by Brian Hernandez, who's already won two graded stakes races at this abbreviated Keeneland meet. So uh, certainly uh, your filly is in good hands there, Ed. And uh, in the first race, you gave us an eight to one shot. In this race, we're sitting on six to one right now. And uh, in the seven furlong race, uh, it will be a case of catch me if you can. But the only time Miss Speedy tried seven furlongs went from flag fall to that's all. So uh, not a bad pick. Again, big field, wide open races, a lot of good reasons to, to, to like horses in this race. And Josh is telling me we got three minutes to post. So let's go right on over to the Hill Prince. We're in New York. Again, graded races with big fields uh, right here. I, I, I came up with a uh, big surprise here. Chad Brown, trained horse on the uh, turf. Uh, public sector with, I kind of like this slicked back and soldier rising. I don't have any odds in front of me. I probably picked the favorite on top, I'm guessing. If you took soldier rising, you're going to get three to one, and you're going to get Joel Rosario. That's exactly where I start, John. The three-year-old son of Franco is regally bred. And the last two efforts out, after coming in from France and Longchamp, this third off the layoff angle really looks good to me. Uh, Cristal Clement is a very patient uh, trainer, a conditioner. Third off the layoff, he wins 18% of the time. And teaming up with Red Hot Joel Rosario, they get their picture taken at a crisp 29%. I really wow. like the cutback in distance, the third off. I think it's, you know, it's going to be... It's going to be his race to lose. This son of Franco really looks good. The only thing that can be a, just a wee bit of a hindrance is the outside post, but I think Rosario can overcome the common cold. I think this guy's better than advertised. Well, uh, due to uh, regulations, we're not allowed to broadcast this race uh, video-wise, but uh, if we did, you would see that I have a note next to Soldier Rising that says, third start after long layoff you don't have any idea who i learned that angle from do you <laughs> well it's it's one of my favorites it kind of takes a time or two to get back in the groove and uh, you know kind of get down and uh, you know just just kind of get back to feel but you gotta you gotta like public sector in there and the one you, you spoke about was slick back john eight to one Luis Saez for Brad Cox. Brad Cox is not the now guy. He's the next year and the year and the decade later guy. Brad Cox is one heck of a heck of a horseman here. And uh, just coming out of a million dollar race, Luis Saez aboard every time double dog dangerous. But for me, I'm I'm still going to go to the outside and three to one is not a whole lot of value, but I'll take it. I'll take it whatever I can get it. Hey, if you sell $8 on the floor, would you leave it laying there? Uh, you know I'd pick it up before you could get to it, my friend. Well, Josh is telling me we got to go. Ed Meyer, thanks a million for joining us. want to remind everybody that Eureka De Silva's book is called Riding for Freedom. Highly recommended. And stay tuned, folks. We gave out some pretty decent picks, I got a feel for. Hope we made you some money at the races for everybody at Winning Ponies. I'm John Englehart. When you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. 
Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.